Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Um, We're recording on Monday, uh, January 25th, um, and uh, we're going to put our little bow tie on the season uh wrap this up finally and uh and then we'll we're gonna start off the show talking about a few other things uh urban going to the nfl and we're also going to talk about um our thoughts on the players that have decided the that are staying the ones that are leaving so uh that's going to be kind of the plan going forward tonight so uh john how you doing tonight i'm good just you know just got done working so i get to do my second job now but it's a yeah. hell of a lot more fun than the first job so yeah so all right yeah i've been uh i got done with work earlier so i've been uh just finished eating dinner not that long ago and uh started watching the wire on hbo i know a lot of people probably have already seen it and been like that's an old show but i never watched it so i'm a uh, heard a lot of good things so i'm on almost done with the first episode and we're recording this so then i will finish that and get going from there so yeah you gotta let me know how it is that's the one i've never watched either so maybe yeah. i can i don't know if i can talk katie into watching that one but let me know how it nah. is i might i might watch that while she's sleeping on early uh hbo series i i mean i've seen the sopranos probably a gazillion times but yeah i never watched the wire and everybody's like you know if you like the sopranos you'll probably like the wire too they're we're both good uh good shows so so we'll we'll see how i like it so hbo right. man they, they had some really good series though you know that they, they had some crap too don't get me wrong i mean they, they had some absolute bombs but like i always like what i, I like big love boardwalk empire was good i know you and i it like broke our hearts that rome was only two seasons yeah yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So uh Urban Meyer. So uh he uh there was a lot of rumors going back and forth that uh, you know, possibly this was gonna be the year Urban was gonna jump ship. It seemed like there was a lot of smoke there. Um I was still a little hesitant. I'm like, I don't know if he's gonna actually do it. I mean, there always seems like there everybody's always talking about Urban should go coach in the NFL, Urban should do this in the NFL. Um, so I was, I was kind of taking the, the, um, just the thought that I'll believe it when I see it, but a lot of, uh, you know, big time, uh, people that are really close to Ohio state, uh, specifically out of, uh, on Buckeye scoops website, you know, they were all very adamant that he was taking that job at different points. So uh, going to Jacksonville, so it wasn't a surprise, um, that he ended up going, um, so just your initial thoughts uh urban meyer is uh going to the nfl i still don't know if i've wrapped my head around this and honestly like i i, I might need some of your insight on this one because i mean my my thoughts on urban and you can correct me you know if i'm wrong but it's always come back to you know the guy if he's not getting everything done he takes complete control and he takes everything on to himself. I, 
he hates to lose. Um, and I just, I don't know how he, how it translates that mentality to the NFL. I mean, it's always good to hate to lose. There, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. When it comes to a point where it might put your health at risk, then, you know, that's something to be scared of. I mean, he's left two jobs because he's let stress almost kill him two times, yeah. you know, like, and I just, I'm not sure how it translates again. And I don't know, like with the Ohio state stuff, was that his office wasn't working or was that the bull crap that he had to go through in the beginning of 2018? You know what, what actually brought that on brought all those headaches back. I'm not really sure. It might not yeah. have had anything to do with coaching. It just might've been the stress around the program that he was, you know, going through week in and week out, which very well could have been the thing. Hell, I mean, I, I believe Urban Meyer, he could have been, <laughs> he could have been, uh, you know, being a little over dramatic because he hated Michael Drake. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't think yeah. he would have done that, but I just, I don't know how it translates to the next level. I think it's easier for him because he doesn't have to grind every single day. I mean, he doesn't have to, you know, he doesn't have to recruit. So I think it's something that it could very well be easier for him in that regard. But I don't know what that extra time is urban going to go home. Is urban going to take that time to just watch film 24 seven? Like, I don't know. That's so yeah. I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm a little, I don't want to say scared, but. I am a little cautious or, you know, to get a little too hyped up or overhyped up that Urban's going to get stuck kind of, you know, with his system, bringing in college guys. He's not going to do well in the NFL. And then he's not going to let his legacy get tarnished like that. And he's going to try one more run in college. That's yeah. I'm kind of scared of that. But then also on the flip side of that, Ryan Day might go to the NFL after a national title and urban might urban's uh you know his swan song in college might be with the Buckeyes again so I'd be okay with that yeah um <clears throat> a couple things I think about urban Meyer um now I was uh, a freshman at Bowling Green when he was at his second season of Bowling Green so I mean I've always been a very pro urban Meyer guy I mean it was it was hard watching him kick the Buckeyes butt in 06 and oh yeah there was there was a a part of me that didn't like Florida, but I always had a lot of respect for urban because urban is a winner. So I think urban could very easily win in the pros. I think some of urban's concepts have been adapted in the pros. It's just, it's how do you add other things to that? It, you know, it's a much more pass friendly league. Now you could be a running team in the NFL, but you got to be, Cleveland Browns type running team where you have to have, I mean, the NFL is still, if you're going to take that type of thought process and we're going to be a run first team, and then we're going to build our offense off the run. you you do that with running backs. Now there's still concepts that the Browns do with, uh, you know, with, uh, with um, Baker that, I mean, cause he's, I mean, he's not a running, running quarterback, but he is shifty when he needs to be. So, I mean, they do do some of those, RPO concepts with him at times and and you see things like with Mahomes and things with uh Allen and Buffalo. I mean, there's things that have been adopted to these guys, Deshaun down in uh the Texans, obviously Lamar in Baltimore. So I mean it can work, it can get you to the next level, but you gotta 
it can't be so simple that all you're doing is like a Tim Tebow, JT Barrett, how they were used in college isn't going to work in the pros. I mean, right. you got to adapt that a little bit. So I think Irving could do that. He's got to hire a, a legitimate offensive coordinator um, to help him do it. But the things I do get worried about with Urban is kind of what you said. You know, now the during the season, yeah, there's a lot of 6 a.m. to 8 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night for NFL coaches, too. I mean, those guys burn the midnight oil just like anybody else does. But when you get into the offseason, you have a legitimate offseason in different parts. I mean, you, you you might come back in a little bit during the draft, um, depending how heavy, you know, their general manager, how heavy focused the general manager portion of their team is. I mean, some teams like, you know, in New England, Bill, where Bill runs pretty much the whole ship, you know, he's right. much more involved. But even that, once you get into the summer, there's a lot of summertime until you actually have to report to training camp. So, I mean, you get a lot more off time where you ne- don't necessarily get in the coaching. So can he utilize that off time to maybe not stress him out, himself out as much that and kind of enjoy himself. And then the next thing, you know, which you also touched on is that, you know, yeah, every one of these coaches in the NFL, they want to win every game, but you don't win every game in the NFL. I mean, I mean, maybe you'll you'll run a fourteen and two season, you know, thirteen and three, whatever, but you're you're gonna lose games. You're not gonna go undefeated every year. Where in college football, you have to come in with the thought process is I have to go undefeated because if I lose one game, the season's no longer in my control. Now, that doesn't mean I can't make a playoff. You know, Ohio State's shown that, you know, two different years where they've made the playoffs with, you know, having a loss. But it's not always guaranteed, you know, where in the NFL, if you lose a game, you go 15 and one, you're the you're the top seed in in whatever conference you're in. Right. (laughs) And I mean, maybe that on the other hand, you know, like I said, you know, he's a perfectionist and he can't do it, but maybe on the flip side, that's better for him. Maybe he's going to realize real quick, Hey, I don't have to be perfect to do all right in this league. And, you know, I, you're taking over the, the worst team in the league. So I don't think there's necessary. there's not pressure like taking over Ohio state with Jacksonville, yeah. you know, of course, you know, NFL still wants results. It's still going to be result driven, but you don't have to be perfect. And you got actually, you know, with cap draft picks, young <sighs> players, first pick of the draft and just where you're going that you you're not taking over a winner right now. So it is yeah. a, probably a lot less stress on him than if he went to a big college job. Yeah. And, you know, I'm more, I'm wondering how that will, will affect him too, because you almost got a kind of uh the technicians in the NFL to me are a lot more impressive when they build actual football teams because granted, and you know, I've watched, I mean, we watch the pros a lot. I've definitely watched it a lot more. I paid a lot more close attention to it the this last year than I have the last several years just because, you know, and I've always been a big Browns fan, but you know, the Browns just being a better football team. And I mean, you know, before, you know, the last, you know, the years leading up to this, you know, the Hugh Jackson years and all that stuff, you know, I mean, yeah, the Browns game would be on, but, you know, we had Sunday ticket over here, so I might have three other games on at the same time. I might be watching the Browns game, but I might not be, like, hardcore paying attention. I've been paying a lot more attention to pros over the last year, and, you know, I mean, these athletes, I mean, they're so much better, but at the same time, these guys, 
actually have to put like legitimate teams together, even though their athletes are better than the guys that they have in college. But, you know, you don't get 25 first round draft picks like you do at Ohio State. And Urban was used to, you know, when he was at Florida and at Ohio State that, you know, he was in it for the cream of the crop, you know, every, you know, every year at every single recruiting spot where now, you know, your general manager might get you a tight end in the sixth round, somebody that you might not even be sold on, but you know, your general manager is like, so you got to kind of trust your scouting department. Some you might not be as much involved in some of that stuff and you got to kind of put a team together. So I'm kind of interested to see how he does that part of it because you know, to be fair, you know, things are more simpler in you know, the NFL because, okay, I got, uh, you know, I got a Justin Fields type quarterback. I have Ezekiel Elliott at running back. I got, you know, Devin Smith or whoever at wide receiver. I mean, I got the best of the best at all these positions. So yeah. I just, they got to learn just how to share the ball with each other where, you know, it might be different in the pros. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Definitely. Going back, you know, how you said his system won't work. The guy he has waiting there for him at number one at quarterback, like, he better not be he he better be using his arm. He better not be running uh, Trevor oh, Lawrence yeah, definitely. out of the league. <laughs> and you know he and you know he, and to be fair to Urban, you know I mean he's had passing first quarterbacks. I mean he did fine with Alex Smith, and you know and he did what he had to do with Chris Leak to win a national championship. And you know his last, I mean I know he had Tom Herman here, but the three games to win the national title, I mean Cardell Jones. Now, he was a battering ram, but he wasn't JT Barrett or Braxton Miller or any of these other guys. I mean, he was just, you know, a big arm. And, you know, when he had a run, he could, yeah, he could run you over. But that wasn't his, you know, what he was known for. So, I mean, Irving can do it. It's just, you know. I think you're forgetting a big one. Yeah, probably. Dwayne, Dwayne threw for 50 touchdowns. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot about Dwayne. That was at the end, though. And sometimes I forget that Dwayne was actually still with Urban and not with uh, Day. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> Day did start off the season. He coached those first three games. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he had Dwayne, too. And again, Dwayne wasn't a running quarterback. I mean, we saw that for how much of the year it was actually towards the end of the season, kind of when Dwayne started, when he would actually put his head down, he actually could get a couple yards, but you know, he was never comfortable doing stuff like that. But you know, urban, I mean, even he adapted and sometimes it would be growing pains and stuff like that. You could tell, you know, if he gets Trevor Lawrence, if that's the route and that's what probably the route he should go with, you know, that's the best player on the board. You know, you got to use what God gave him. That's his arm. And I mean, yeah, he's fast as hell. And you could, Irma could take some of his concepts and adapt that. That's like I said, that's Allen up in Buffalo. That's Mahomes. I mean, there's these things you can take these concepts, and that works for Trevor Lawrence too. But yeah. you know, you don't want Trevor Lawrence taking you know 50 shots a game. You know, no, you don't want Trevor Lawrence. You know, I don't even know how many times you want him design runs throughout a season, but definitely not what Urban put some of his quarterbacks under. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he can, I think he can be a winner and into the pros, but it's just, he has to adapt some of his style. Now, like I said, and I've been saying, I've said it a couple of times now, he can, he can take some of his concepts and he can use them, but you got to be able to adapt to it. Your quarterback can't take the same amount of shots because 
you know, I mean, this is a league where defensive tackles can run as fast as your quarterback in a lot of cases, you mm-hmm. know, because they're they're coming full steam upfield and your quarterback's still going side to side until he gets going upfield. And, you know, I mean, you're not you don't want Trevor Lawrence, especially, you know, the NFL refs tend not to they tend to hold on to their flags a lot more. Once your quarterback gets outside the pocket, go ask Cam Newton that. uh how many shots he's taken over his years that, uh, you know, probably if he was a pocket passer, wouldn't a lot more flags would have been thrown. Yeah. True. True. So I think urban could win there. Um, it'll be interesting how he uh, does in this first draft. Uh, I definitely think uh, Trevor is the way to go. They have another pick, I believe in the first round. Um, he said he's, he was thinking a lot about it for, uh, 10 years and it just felt like the right time to go. He said he studied a lot about Jacksonville in this off season. So I, I Jacksonville does have a lot of good pieces there and you know, he, he will get time. The owner doesn't have a fast hook. Usually he gives his coaches about four years. So he, he'll get his first, he'll get his contract, you know, for the majority of his first contract. So, you know, it's see where he, how he takes it and uh, you know how he does. I just I I can't fathom a world in which Urban Meyer's fired for performance. So yeah. I don't I don't see it. You know, I don't see anyone letting him go. I he he leaves on his own. So we'll, we'll see. I think as long as he can accept the losses he's going to take early and adapt his game some, he'll be fine. I, he's a winner at heart. I think he will be a winner. It's just how do you deal with the loss of losing? He can't be sitting on a a golf cart or whatever, the gator, you know, with Mm -hmm. the sad look on his face, eating the Papa John's pizza. I mean, he'll get chewed his butt chewed apart in the NFL for doing that. You know, I mean, you're going to lose games and, you know, this isn't, you're going to get, you're going to get games. You're going to lose in the NFL. You're going to have tough games. You're going to lose in the NFL. You're going to get games. You're going to get your butt kicked in the NFL. It happens to everybody. I mean, even the best teams in the league still have blowouts every, I mean, you know, I mean, the chiefs lose, will lose by two, three touchdowns in a game. I mean, it happens. I mean, Oh, I mean, if I just, the one that stands out to me, I think it was 2000 when the Ravens, just their defense killed everybody. And I think it was like the jets or somebody, the second to last week of the season or last week of the season, just kicked the crap out of them. And it could have just been because they had backups in. I'm not sure, but that one just, that stands out to me. And that's like 20 years ago, but um, yeah, yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, it will be hard at first for urban to realize like you can lose in this league because you know the guy wins at what what, he's at like a above 900 clip for win percentage right exactly (laughs) like i mean he's a winner so i think he will do it i just he has to understand that you know you don't got to kill yourself to win in pro football i mean the, the kind of way to think about it is you know the browns i mean we've watched how many losers here in cleveland i mean they went 11 to 5 this they went 11 and five this year. That's basically like, if you think about it, that's like almost Ohio state having a loss. Like, you know, I mean, that's a guaranteed playoff berth and that's like awesome. And, you know, I mean, I mean, urban Meyer goes his first season next year, 11 and five. He he needs to think more about the 11 and not the five because, you know, he's going to the playoffs. And, right. Absolutely. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Like I said, I, I don't see any, place we live in that urban gets you know let go for performance yeah 
Um, all right, so moving on, um, I think we'll do real quick on Madison, and then we'll go on to start the players. So uh, not a big surprise. I mean, you know, everybody knows how old uh, you know, up there Greg Madison is. Um, he's coached years and years of football from the pros to college. So, you know, he's retiring. So I think uh, – so that part's not the surprise. Now it will be interesting to see how uh, how Ryan Day uh, fills that vacancy. Um Kind of, uh, kind of. What are you, what are you? Well, just just your thoughts on Madison. I mean, and then uh, your your thoughts about which way you'd like to see Day go. Well, I mean, Madison's. You know, he's he's been a great coordinator throughout his career. So I definitely appreciated the time he gave to Ohio State. I mean, the defense was solid in nineteen. Of course, you know, you had a lot more pieces in nineteen. Defense wasn't as much this year i mean how much does halfley get credit over madison how much does combs take the blame over madison i'm not you know i'm not sure but he definitely he did his time here i mean he he was a good addition um i i definitely don't think he's like irreplaceable you know i think that oh, yeah. there there's plenty of youth out there that will I mean, it's going to be hard to get his knowledge, but there's plenty of young guys out there that can definitely add something to the program that can hopefully recruit as well as he does. Cause he is a closer. He's a good recruiter, just like Larry Johnson, just like Al Washington, just like Harry Combs. Like you had some real good, you know, recruiters on that defense. So hopefully you get a guy that can match that. Um, but I mean, I, I would, I don't know where I want to go as far as, replacing him um i don't know i'm uh, i'm kind of thinking maybe you start grooming al washington into a role but you kind of just let it don't maybe maybe no code defensive coordinators this year maybe it's just it's all on carry like carry yeah. put in put in the defense that he knows how to run that he wants to run and let's see how it goes yeah i i could see that um I mean, I know there's been some talks that maybe Raymond is uh Corey Raymond is uh, available down in LSU. Um, obviously the guy I would have wanted if we would have known uh, Madison was going to retire four weeks ago, you know, I would have said, you know, go after uh, Marcus Freeman with everything you've got and, you know, bring him in as just, I mean, I, and I don't know how all that works out with, uh, carry and you know he want he's got play calling duties now but you know i mean i if you want to bring in a guy of that caliber a marcus freeman you know cory raymond it's cory raymond right yes i'd say that right yeah um if you want to bring in one of those guys it would have one of the i mean obviously freeman anymore but somebody of that caliber i you probably have to give them some sort of play calling duties they're going to have to have co-defensive coordinator and the title at minimum, it's just, I don't, I don't know how much carry wants to give that up. I don't know what kind of issues that creates. So maybe, maybe you do, maybe you do try to give uh, Al Washington, maybe, maybe his, you're grooming him to be the defensive coordinator of the future after Kerry Combs. And uh, so maybe you bring in another linebacker coach that can kind of work behind him. So, you know, he would take over as the linebacker coach and you have Al Washington start taking on more responsibilities with the defense. You know, that's yeah. always a possibility too. You could go somebody young then um, to do that. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it, it kind of, I, I kind of would, like I said, I would have, 
I would have done anything to get Marcus Freeman. Um, I, I think he's the real deal. He's a hell of a recruiter. His recruiting would have matched perfectly with this defense. He's a Buckeye. He, he would have been a great DC for this defense, in my opinion. And I mean, I, I've always loved him. He's turned into being a hell of a coach. I mean, so, I mean, that's where I, I would, like I said, I would have loved to seen Madison do this four weeks ago because I would have given, you know, Marcus Freeman what he wanted to be the DC of this team. But the only, the only thing I would have, <laughs> I thought, you know, that could have caused as far as issues is where does Combs fit in then? Cause you can't, you can't take away play calling from Combs as after one year, you know, yeah, like, especially the year. It? if he walks, then, you know, we you saw what to... happened the last time Combs wa- or Combs went away, you know, you got Taver Johnson for as okay that he did the first time around did not do the second time around. And yeah. look where, I mean, that directly impacted our national title game a couple of weeks ago that we didn't have the depth or the, the personnel necessary that, you know, we had in years prior to that and that we're getting years after that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so probably the best thing to go, maybe go young, you know, you, you got, yeah, maybe go somebody young that can go with. I mean, you already have kind of Matt Barnes in the secondary, you know, helping Combs there. So maybe you go somebody young to help Al Washington, and uh, you know, see where that goes. I mean, that might be the way to do it, and you know, and then start grooming Washington and to be in. You know, if Kerry decides, you know, he wants to hang it up in a few years or. Maybe he wants to move on or whatever. Maybe maybe he has visions of maybe being a college coach somewhere. Yeah. You know, if that happens and, you know, Al Washington can move into the spot and you have a defense coordinator then. Hey, I mean, Luke, Luke Fickle, and I know Kerry, like, he has to he has to do better as a defensive coordinator, but Luke Fickle isn't hanging around Cincinnati forever. It's just no. not going to happen. And and I, we didn't say his name and I don't want to be disrespectful. I mean, of course I throw the first lifeline to Larry Johnson. Like, yeah. I mean, the man, the man deserves that much. So of yeah. course I, I ask him, you know, what his thoughts are, if that's something he would want to pursue being a co-defensive coordinator. I don't imagine at this point, Larry Johnson's taken on anymore, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think LJ, I mean, I, I think probably the reason why he hasn't retired yet is because he's gotten so many studs over the last couple of years. And I, I think that kind of bleeds extra blood into you every year. He probably gets it. I wouldn't be surprised after the couple of the ends of these seasons. Like he probably, I could see at the end of this season, he's probably like, you know what? I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Then you start thinking, man, I got Jack Sawyer coming in next year. And I I want to coach that kid. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, eventually, though, he's not going to see one of these kids to the NFL. You know, eventually, yeah, yeah. eventually he's going to hang them up. So, yeah, I don't. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I would ask him. Corey Raymond's an interesting one. The only thing, though, and I don't know much about Corey Raymond. I just I feel like. You need an experienced play caller to help Combs out, or you need to go kind of like a disciple of Pete Carroll if that's the defense you want to run. Now, if you say 
and I know like Day said in his press conference, you know, we didn't do single high all year. And he's definitely, he said he's open, you know, to looking at different ideas, bringing in variety that that's only helpful. A guy that's called a lot of different things because he knows how to coach up the personnel that they said, you know, like we change offensive game plans for personnel all the time. You know, maybe it's not a bad idea to do it for defense. So, I mean, maybe you need a guy like that. Maybe you let just Combs run with it. I mean, Combs, he was a high school coach forever. I know that's not like big time college, but he saw how to coach, you know, a lot of different players in high school. I mean, the guy yeah. spent time with the Cincinnati Bearcats coach different types of defenses. The guy spent time in the NFL coach, different types of defenses. So I, I definitely want to see. Yeah. I, and I definitely want to see what Combs, what his defense looks like getting an actual full year of uh, implementing said defense. I mean, they were so lost this year just because, I mean, when you, when you're running four threes and four fours in the national championship game, when Alabama's got such a great receiving core, I mean, that just says they, they just had no confidence in running any type of interesting coverages because they didn't have the personnel and they never really got to implement anything through the year. And, and even when you think, even when you think about it, even in the playoffs because of uh of covid and it pushing everything back a couple weeks you know that uh they didn't even get the they didn't even get a normal 4 weeks to get ready for clemson i mean it was i mean it was like you know 2 weeks and you're there and you know so much of that game was probably you know just how much they wanted to beat clemson so you know they didn't really get to even decide like uh, we're going to go put in a new defense and that type of thing or you know work on our defense it was Basically, you got to get ready for clubs. And when, when you think about it in a normal kind of bowl season, almost the first two weeks is almost kind of reworking on your fundamentals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then you start implementing your game plans. But they had to almost implement the game plan immediately. And, you know, so, I mean, they, didn't, again, didn't get really any work. So I'm interested to see what it looks like. And I think it will be better. Combs was always a good coach here. You know, I mean, he Shiano's defenses were fine when Combs was here. Fickle's defenses were fine when Combs was here. I mean, he wasn't here in 18 and, uh, you know, that defense, you know, there's no blame he could take for that defense. So that, I mean, you know, the best part of those he, defenses though, were Larry Johnson's line and his cornerbacks. I mean, yeah. let's, and, <laughs> let's face, and, let's call what it is. And he wasn't even, and he wasn't here in 13 either. So he really, uh, Right, he didn't come till, or was he like? No, did he Combs, back up Withers? Combs was here from twelve. He was here from the beginning. Okay, so but Withers was the main defensive, uh, the defensive backs coach. So yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it was that stretch in there where Combs is the main guy in the defensive backfield. I mean, it's like, you know, their stretch of defensive backs is unbelievable in that stretch. So uh, yeah, I mean they're fine. It's just, you know, he needs to implement his defense and I don't know what that looks like, but uh, I think in an off season, he'll get some guys back healthy and, you know, probably they'll be facing much different COVID restrictions next year, you know, on the much more, you know, the lenient side, it seems like, you know, the CDC, a lot of things are starting to let up on a lot of the things, you know, you Mm -hmm. see some of these States are lifting lockdown things. So I don't see, I, I, I think, there's going to be a much more open thought process about letting kids play next year. You know, they're, they're cutting down on the thresholds that they're recommending on the testing thresholds. So, you know, and I have a feeling that the 
all the conferences will probably follow suit with that. I, I don't I don't see the Big Ten being stricter next year than you know, and COVID will still be around next fall. I mean, it's not going to just disappear overnight, even with the vaccines coming into place. And I mean, it's going to take, you know, it's going to take a several month period, you know, to probably a full year period to get everybody really in the country that wants a vaccine to get vaccinated. So, you know, but, you know, the thresholds are coming down. So I, I, I think there'll be a lot less strictness you know, especially at least with the players and the coaching staffs, you know, I don't know how many people they're actually still going to let into stadiums next fall, but you know, that's a completely different thing. Um, so I think he'll, they'll have a full spring this year. I mean, it might be a different type of spring than, you know, there still might not be as crazy as contact as you would get in a normal spring, but they're going to practice this spring. I, I don't have any doubts about that. Um, there will be summer workouts this year, so there's going to be an opportunity for them to actually put a defense in. All right, so let's just put quick stance on this. You know, hand it all over to Combs, maybe mentor Washington, bring in a Pete Carroll dude, or bring in a huge hire. Like, what what do you want to see? What's replacing Madison? I think I would want to go, it'd be somebody in the front seven, whether that's getting finding Larry Johnson's eventual replacement or finding Al Washington's legitimate eventual replacement because you're planning on him being the defensive coordinator either, or I think that's the way to go. It's just, I think if they, as much as I would love a big name guy like uh, Corey Raymond, or again, uh, somebody like Marcus Freeman, as much as I would have loved those guys, if Corey Combs, if this was his second season, and they still looked, uh, there was like no improvement. And then maybe I'd be like, well, maybe you should go see if urban wants a defensive backs coach and uh, we'll Damn. go. I'm going to hire Marcus Freeman to be my defensive coordinator, you know, something like that. If this was his second year, but he needs to be given an opportunity. I mean, Kerry's always been good to this program. I mean, he's one of our best recruiters and I want to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, think- let's bring in a younger Let's bring in a younger guy. I think I agree with you on that. Let's see what Combs can do. Uh, I was going to say Chris Ash. I wasn't sure if Meyer finalized with him or not, but it looks like he did that. He's the DB coach of the Jaguars now. So Yeah, and that's the other thing. I think it has to be in the front seven. I don't want them with Barnes already being a safeties guy, even though he's more special teams than he is safeties. I don't want too many guys in the backfield because that maybe be too many differing uh, opinions how to run the secondary unless right. you're going to completely pull Combs out of the secondary and be like, you're just defensive coordinator. And that is it. And you are running this defense. And then maybe then I would be okay. bringing in a young cornerback coach. But if, if Curry Combs is still going to be defensive backs coach and defensive coordinator, then I would rather them bring in somebody for the front seven. Yeah. Agreed. All right, so players. So um, I think definitely a lot of non-surprises, but then there was a couple big surprises. So, mm-hmm. and there was no big surprises on guys leaving. I mean, everybody that ends up did say they were leaving. I assumed they were all leaving. Well, um, I, th- I thought Tommy, I thought Big Tom was one that was kind of a coin flip. It was a coin flip, but a- as the season went on, I'm like, <laughs> I-, I-, I felt like he was going to leave as the season kept going on, but I mean, it was a coin flip. Um, I would have loved to see him come back. Uh, I was actually, I really, 
when the national championship game was over, I really thought we were going to lose both of those guys. Uh, so I, you know, this again, to me, the surprise were the guys coming back. I was surprised Haskell Garrett decided to come back. Um, definitely surprised Chris Olave decided to come back. Surprised that Munford decided to come back. I mean, and these are, you know, I mean, I wasn't surprised seven decided to come back. I figured he was going to come back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Munford and Olave really surprised me. I figured Munford would be like, all right, it's time to go make my money. Um, so that, I mean, cause I felt like with being a Ohio state, you know, just the name recognition of the Buckeyes and left tackles are not easy to find. And you can always start him at right tackle and then move him to left. But, you know, I mean, left tackles don't grow on trees. He's been a left tackle for many years. I mean, there was still a good chance he was getting drafted in the first round. I mean, maybe not in the top 15, but yeah, I mean, I think I think with health concerns, I I think Mumford realistically was a late second round, early third round guy. But I think that was a I think that was a fine enough grade for him to go. So I like that he's betting on himself that he believes he can be a first round pick and he's coming back because of it. But I mean, I feel like that's kind of the one that surprised you and I the most was, you know, Thayer Munford come back and obviously Chris Olave because he was a first round wide receiver so but the Thayer thing like I don't think either one of us really thought there is really any any way MPF after one year as great as it was was going to the NFL I think we both assumed he was coming back and I just thought you know I think the limited action we saw Paris Johnson play though we felt like really really good about you know Paris Johnson as left or right tackle and PF as the other one like that's like super confident in what the offensive line could be next year now the fact that you got you know you're starting left tackle back which I don't did he did he give up a sack this year I don't think so maybe did him, one did him, I mean, him or, and MPF I did either one so. give up a sack this year one maybe think, between them yeah I don't I don't think and now we saw Paris Johnson looked okay, you know, pretty dominant as a guard at different times. So now you got him going to go start at a guard. Matthew Jones looked really good as a guard. Harry Miller, you know, he, he did fine as a guard. He did fine. He'll do fine as a center, but if not, you got big Dewan Jones there, or you got, you got so many different guys. So I'm like, it's almost like, you know, you didn't think you could be better from the 2019 offensive line. And I don't know if last year's offensive line was better than 2019's or not, but I, I think MPF was an upgrade. I do. I don't think Harry Miller was an upgrade over Jonah Jackson last year. Oh, no. um, but he could eventually grow into that. I mean, Jonah Jackson, I mean, he has how many yeah. years under his belt. Right. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, he was a, you know, as a senior he was a transfer so i think i think next year's offensive line could actually in some like some way if harry could kind of you know replicate josh myers um if you don't miss wyatt davis too much i think next year's line might actually you know be better with thayer mumford coming back now for that extra year yeah it's that's crazy. Hell I as crazy as it sounds and there's i mean you got to make sure the three guys in the middle are ready to go Mm-hmm. But I saw a lot from Paris Johnson I liked. I really liked Matthew Jones. Actually, I thought he should have probably been the starter the whole time after I saw him playing down the stretch. And I've been like, and I like Harry, don't get me wrong. It's just like, man, I don't know. I think that kid should have been the starter. And I think Harry will be fighting. 
He he really got his first legitimate playing time this year. You know, he had some really good moments. He had some bad moments. And, you know, those are all learning experiences. Sure. So, and he didn't get a full off season of the work. And, you know, he was out for some COVID stuff, you know. So, I mean, how much actual reps did he throughout the year get? Right. So, and, but there's just not a better feeling to me right now. Especially when you think about how 2014 started off and that how raw that offensive line was and you know it looked it early and then they ended up gelling to go win the national title and then you think about it, there's nothing better to have a young quarterback that you're going to have both your tackles there and a legitimate tackle behind them that's going to end up being one of your guards so i mean they are really setting up whoever wins the starting job next year they're they're really setting them up in a good position and then alave coming back is Helping even further. Well, I mean, not to, not to mention Rucker. I know Farrell's not, but yeah, that's Jared, right. Rucker, Jared too. Rucker, your best tight end's coming back too. So, I mean, with with this weird year with the extra eligibility, and on honestly, I mean, they didn't get enough touches to say differently. Anyways, I don't think any of them did. You got three true freshman quarterbacks next year, so it's huge. The pieces that are coming back because. You know, Olave wouldn't come back if he didn't think one of these guys could get him the ball. Rucker and also. So that that's a good sign right there. But the fact that you got those tackles coming back and you got those sure-handed weapons that decided to come back for you. I mean, that sets any of these quarterbacks up great. And I know yeah. they're going to have some growing pains, but that's definitely like, that's a very, very welcome sign for them. And, you know, it makes it a lot easier for them. And it sure as hell makes it a lot easier for fans knowing that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just definitely my feeling is that I see, um, I see where, uh, these guys are, he's good. They're going to have their two tackles. They're going to have a lava. You already knew you're getting Garrett Wilson. You're going to have Rucker. You know, I mean, there's some stuff you gotta get to see who's going to take the running back position, but they got a lot of good candidates back there. We liked what we saw in limited time with Mayan Williams. You know, you got two legitimate freshmen coming back. Hopefully Teague's better next year because he'll be a year healthier. Um, you know, he'll have a healthy off season behind him, hopefully, you know, and so there's a lot of possibilities that I know it's not Justin Fields, but these are all highly recruited kids and there's, they're going to, they'll, they'll throw interceptions. They'll make stupid incompletions. They'll make bad mistakes mentally at different times, but there's a good chance one of these guys, it might not feel like, you know, we're missing too much of a beat behind Justin. And they're actually, you know, as long as like we just talked about, we think things are going to be better looking into next season. They will actually get a full season to, you know, progress, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah they're going to start off with two tough games. I mean, Minnesota and uh, uh, Oregon oh, are not going to be a pick picnic, but uh, to start off any season, but Oregon will be home. Um, so, I mean, I think they they could be in really good position next year, and whoever ends up winning the starting job, I mean, we'll obviously is you know we'll get more into us in the upcoming shows about the quarterback cattle because I think yeah. that is going to be that is definitely going to be the talk of the spring this year is that quarterback battle. But uh, you know, I just want whoever Ryan Day decides to go with, and I'm not seeing he has to have a decision made. And, uh, at the end of September, at the end of, uh, April, but, uh, by the time end of August comes, he needs to have a decision made. I'm not yeah. a 
two quarterback person, one of these guys has to win the starting job and you might lose one of them because of it. But I mean, that's modern college football. Right. And I think anybody, especially with the extra year of eligibility that got thrown in there, I think everybody should be expecting that. And, you know, you're kind of naive if you didn't think that was a possibility that you could get some transfers out of this because that's yeah. just what that's what happens. I mean, there's only only one quarterback can be on the field at a time, at least if, you know, with all the other weapons you have, that's <laughs> that, that's the smart thing to do. And so unless you're yeah. my uh, unless you're my coach, uh, when I coached flake football with unless you have a bunch of sixth graders, uh, fifth and sixth graders where you could uh, run a two quarterback system and uh, <laughs> it doesn't work once you get past that level. <laughs> I'm not sure which receiver I went off the field for a second quarterback. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, how how Brian Hartline's done, I want as many of those guys on the field as possible. Yeah. Well, when you're in that when you're in that young age group, my my quarter my two quarterbacks were basically running backs too. So yeah. you know, they right. they ran the ball more than they did uh, throw the ball. So absolutely. Uh, um, but. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm happy with what they got back um, defensively. Um, so my biggest question marks on the defense are going to be obviously how do we do a defensive tackle? I mean, those are, uh, you know, I mean, we know the defensive edge should be fine with Tyreek coming back. You know, you still got, uh, you know, Zach Harrison, Jack Sawyer will be there. He's going to have a spring time behind him because he's coming. He's already in. Um, so I think defensive end will be fine. Defensive tackle, they have a lot of depth there, but somebody needs to step up and take Tommy's position. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if any of these guys are a true, true nose guard. Um, so you kind of have to hope, you know, somebody. But they've won before without having, you know, your prototypical nose guard. And Tommy might have been the most prototypical nose guard that they've had in years. And you know, so yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really. I don't know if Davon Hamilton really was coming in. He yeah. got him. He got himself to that, though. You know, I. I mean, yeah, exactly. You think of their tackles they've had, like your Mike Bennett's, your BBs, like those guys weren't. I mean, Diesel, Adolphus Washington. You know, they lined him up as nose. He came in as a strong side defensive end. So yeah, and his body size. I mean, you would almost think he was more of a three technique than he was, but Bennett was the better three technique and. Diesel was good at the nose, and and I mean know, Dray, Draymond, he played. He was a was he three tech? He was a three tech, but I even at times I think he lined up a nose at different times, especially when they went into the rush band, He would line in as the nose. So I mean, you even like look at these guys that you say we struggled a defensive tackle. I mean, that's just like the people have said we've struggled a defensive tackle. That's just an embarrassment of riches. When you talk about, yeah. <laughs> you know, those guys out there and you, you want more from your defensive tackle. Well, between, between Mickey Mariotti and uh, Larry Johnson, they'll find somebody that could take over for Togi. I, it's just, you know, you got to get somebody there. It's, it's the, it's the correct fight of the correct, correct weight balance, the play nose, uh, and then being able to rush the ball, getting off the ball, which none of these guys will have a problem with. I mean, these guys are all ex excellent athletes. And Larry Johnson is a very good teacher of uh, techniques of different things to do with your hands. And, you know, none of them have problems rushing the ball. You know what I'm really curious about, though, is 
how many times can Tommy Togi actually bench press 225 pounds? Because there isn't a single Buckeye that doesn't, no one's like, there isn't a single one doubting that he is not going to break the bench press record at, you know, combine or pro day. So uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, a little, that, I'm a little curious how many he can actually do. And that will be interesting. We'll have to talk about that because, you know, they're doing the combine is going to be all virtual this year. So, and it's going to be just a pro every, it sounds like what every team's going to have a, a pro day and like, so is NFL Network just going to have some cameras at every place? And, uh, are they yeah. all doing them on the same weekend? Like, I, I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. This social combine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know Ryan Day. He had to, he answered a question during his press conference. He said they were still trying to work out all the logistics and everything of it. So, which I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get down a combine whole thing, but they've let these kids play this whole season. The NFL has played. I mean, they they do it in Indianapolis. Why can't they? Can't they just spread the coaching staffs out? It's a big stadium, like, and right. I know, like, they got like, they got a, they got a big jumbo tron. Like, none of it makes sense. It's all so stupid. Like, I do like, think, I don't though. Get... I do think next year, if we're still not at like normal, you know, the only thing that's really going to be affected is going to be how many people are in the stands. I think. I think the actual. Pro- product itself is going to be back to normal you know you're going to have your your games you're going to be allowed to travel you're going to have full seasons like i hope hopefully i don't know i said we were going to play eight games in the regular season this year and we played five so who yeah. who knows and then my other thing on defense is um even though they're not uh freshmen by any stretch of imagination but still these linebackers have not had a lot of playing time and they're finally going to get some playing time so now that all the linebackers are are leaving so you know so that's going to be interesting to me how how do these guys do how does uh how does mitchell do how does the guys behind these guys do you know like you know the kids that came in this year where are they going to line court williams up bad i mean there's just a lot of things which will be interesting, but again, a, f- a full off season helps all this. So, you know, that will be a welcome sign. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested in linebackers also. Cause like you said, like they are young guys, but they haven't had a lot of playing time. Like could one of these, you know, young guys that came in have been highly touted just like they were, they were highly rated also. So I'm not taking anything away from them, but can somebody like, you know, usurp these guys and jump in front of them who knows it'll be interesting even though al washington has been a coach of all these guys now for a couple years now but you know these younger kids are actually kids he's recruited so you know does that bias go into it does he you know does he end up liking one of these kids more than to, to then mitchell or gantz or pope and you know be like well i'd rather see one of these kids start and so like I mean, there'll be some interesting things that are going to happen. I am interested to see if court Williams is, if it's a too high safety look and he fits in somewhere there, or if court Williams is the next Darren Lee, like I'm, I'm very curious about that. Yeah. That's what I'm curious about that too. And I'm just and then when it comes into the secondary, I mean, we knew we were going to lose. Um, uh, why, why can't I think of his name? Sean Wade. Yeah. Wade. Sorry was right on the tip of my tongue sean wade so you knew you're losing him i mean i mean there were some people said he should come back but 
everybody knew he wasn't. I mean, he was, I mean, I'm kind of was surprised that he ended up deciding coming back to begin with in the first place. I, I always felt like once the season was, uh, that the, like we could have lost Sean Wade a bunch of times. Like I was kind of surprised that, uh, he didn't leave after the last year season. And actually he would have, his draft stock would probably have been higher if he still would have done I just, that. Yeah. Um, and then I was surprised that he recommitted to come back after he left when the season got canceled. Like I always figured Wyatt would come back, but I always thought Sean, I didn't think Sean was going to come back. And so that was kind of a surprise. Um, the biggest thing with me in the secondary is can we get the depth back up there? Because at the end of the day, when you lose a guy like Cam Brown and then you get some COVID issues and you saw where that was at the end of the season and uh-huh. they secondary, they were not ready to play Alabama because of just, it finally caught up to them. And so are they going to have the depth there? Finally? I, I mean, I think they are. I think they're getting their guys back. I just, when you don't recruit a cornerback for an entire cycle, it kills you, you know, yeah. like when you got guys like, I mean, that's great. You know how Kerry Combs did recruiting cornerbacks, but downside to that is sometimes guys flash and they leave after a year or, you yeah, know, they, you gotta, they just run out of eligibility that you don't, you don't get guys. It's not very often you keep a five-star for four years. So yeah. like you needed a plan for Okuda and, you know, Arnett, he ran out of eligibility. So yeah, you might have Sean Wade and seven and Cam Brown. That's three guys with any experience. So you, am, am I wrong? I mean, Marcus Williams said, of course, but you know, they, they ran that slot. So you have four guys with any sort of experience as cornerback, right? That was it. Well, pretty much. Oh, uh, the Tyreek Johnson. I'm sure there's, there's a couple on there, but you know what I'm but saying? They just, that, they they have, but they haven't really, they haven't shown their themselves yet up to this point. And yeah, there was a stretch there and, and you know, we, we're lucky we're lucky that the offensive line didn't get killed in that stretch that stud had that bad stretch mm-hmm. and you know and sometimes you just need to get bodies and you know we kind of felt it a little bit this year with uh, Alfred his stretch I mean Trey Sermon ended up being a welcome surprise but they were damn lucky that uh that he was get destroyed yeah so I mean and you got to be able, and I'm not saying necessarily you have to replace a five-star with a five-star, but I mean, it's Ohio state. You should be able to get a high four-star and you know, high four-stars are basically five-stars in a lot of ways, but you know, you should be able to pull in two legitimate corners every single recruiting cycle. I mean, it doesn't have to be when you think about Akuda and Sean Wade, who were number one and two in the country, it doesn't have to be Akuda and Sean Wade, but you should be able to pull two top 10 corners in my yeah. opinion, especially what they've put into the league and what they put on the field every year. I mean, the, to me, there shouldn't be those recruiting lapses that you got to be able to get somebody that right. I know fill into one of these positions. Well, that's like, if that's the thing, like if you're running back, if you're going to have a lapse with them and I try to like the Alfred thing. I think we all kind of forget when he got master Teague. He also got Brian Steed. Is that his name? Yeah. Who was a top hundred running back. So I think a lot of times we're guilty that we forget that he did get that guy. It just didn't pan out for him, but you know, steel chambers and Marcus Crowley. Like, I don't, I don't know who was around 
in 2019 that they could have got. It just it feels like they could have got a higher rated kid than both of them, but they could have got someone else. And then Mayan, I mean, I'm, you know, he looked great in the 10 carries he had or whatever it was. But I mean, you had your uh, oh, shoot. I can't think of his name out. California. Bijan. Well, Bijan that went to Texas. Uh, the kid from California that went to Georgia that's transferring, yeah. I think. And, um, you know, even the kid that didn't, the other kid that didn't end up going to, was it Zach Evans or that was going to go to Florida or Georgia that he ended up in TCU? Like, I mean, that guy was there for the picking. He might have been a head case, but, you know, like yeah. maybe. Maybe he's the type of guy that you just you float a chance on. I'm sure he would have listened to Ohio State after the rest of that recruitment fell apart. Yeah. All right. So um now I, I mean we've talked a little bit about the I mean we've kind of throughout this whole show we've kind of talked about on the season. So we'll finish up now just on just our thoughts on the season. Um uh, just my general thoughts is uh I mean it was a roller coaster. I mean for thinking that your season got canceled, hating the big 10 so much because they had the perfect strategy in place to begin with. And then they just blew up. They torpedoed themselves when they canceled the season, when all they had to do was just keep their original format and push it back a couple weeks. And, and I mean, they would have ended up being fine with, you know, starting games and stuff like that. If they would have just pushed it back to when the sec started, but yeah, so I'm happy we got a season. I, I I didn't want to talk about like me talking about spring football is what we're going to talk about with spring football. I want to, I want to see which one I, I want to speculate on which one of these three quarterbacks are going to be uh, the starter and, you know, debate whether Ryan day is making a correct decision or a wrong decision on, I don't, I mean, Playing spring football, I mean, they would have lost a lot of guys, but then the NCAA came in and said they weren't going to let kids play early. And so it's like, it would have been like such a lost thing because, you know, just guys like Justin Fields would have left. Well, so what? You would have had, yes, maybe Stroud or Miller would have got a little extra playing time, but it'd been for nothing. And, you know, and you still got McCord there. And it's like, you know, I I much rather them just battle each other in spring football and yeah. then into the practicing so we can actually see them, you know, against each other head to head instead of playing us uh playing a season that nobody gives a crap about against uh Big Ten schools that everybody's losing all their best players. And you saw I mean how bad the Big Ten was to begin with. I mean, nobody it was like to me, like Penn State of Michigan, they just it was like they sent all their kids home and then they mentally, they never came back when the season. Right. Yeah. Started. I I agree. There are so many big 10 teams that just checked out this year. I mean, it was, there was no rhyme or reason. I mean, how many times were we just completely like we, we would pick the spreads and we would be so off. And it's like, you know, the team that was undefeated would get the shit me now, excuse me, but they get, they get killed by the team that only had won one game. It just, it never made any sense. Like yeah. the, the entire season, just everybody, like they had checked out, like you could tell like Ohio state, Ohio state knew what they had to do to try to keep playing, try to win a national title. But after that, there wasn't really, there wasn't really many bright spots in the big 10 this year. 
And I think that was a lot of Ohio State's issues. Part of it was that they didn't get the gel at any because, you know, they weren't playing a full season. And that in the season that they did get, they had to lose three games out of. But they didn't really get the level of competition they wanted this year. I mean, Penn State in the first half rolled over. And, yeah, Penn State came back a little bit in the second half. But Ohio State checked out. Like, they were mentally checked out of every one of these second halves. And a lot of it is because I don't think – any of these teams were, it, it was like none of these teams wanted to line up and play with them in the first half. Yeah. So like, and outside of Nebraska, you know, yeah, that was pretty much it. And it's, so well, that was just like first game jitters. Yeah. I mean, Northwestern gave them a good first half. I mean, think about that outside of the first and last big 10 games. Nobody gave them a good first half. Not even close. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Um, so I'm I'm glad we got a season. Um, I wish the national championship game would have ended up a better game. It is disappointing. I mean, you do come to Ohio State to play. You don't to win national titles. Ryan Day said that it's not about playing for national championships, about winning national championship. That is still the ultimate goal. Um, I'm still satisfied with the Clemson win. I'm not going to just forget about that we beat the crap out of Clemson. Like, you know, other, other people in the country might gloss over that. been like, well, you got your butt kicked by Alabama. Well, we also kicked Clemson's butt. So I don't want to hear it from, you know, Clemson fan. Uh, You know, that's fine. You have more wins than we do, but we kicked, you know, we kicked your know what here uh, last year and we should have did it two years ago. Um, But you know, so I, I am still satisfied with that victory. That was a great night. I enjoyed that New Year's because, you know, we whooped Clemson's ass and I like that. So um, I didn't think we were going to get a season. So I will be satisfied with what we ended up getting with. And I hope we can improve for next year now. Yeah, I'm satisfied, too. It was it was too much losing games. And I'm sure that just sucked for the players so much too. like like that Illinois game, you know you find out on what Friday that it's canceled. Like it was just, it just sucked when that, when that was happening. So, and you know, uh, and that's a game and that's a game. People might say, well, Illinois, they're bad, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a game that's where reps. you can work on stuff. And that's maybe, uh, may that's maybe, uh, somebody, a, a steel chambers getting in a couple more reps, or, I mean, I, I don't know if Crowley was healthy yet, but maybe, you know, that Mariner, uh, who was um, the Michigan week. Maybe if we play Michigan, maybe Marcus Crowley does get in against Michigan and maybe he's able to get a few reps in that game to where it's not a big deal that he has to play. When goes <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. it's not a big deal that the first snaps that he gets all seasons, the national title game, like, you know, that, you know, that didn't work out by design and that's just, that's the type of stuff. Like, so I'm satisfied with the season. It was, it was a huge roller coaster. I mean, like you said, of course I wanted the team to play better yet. You, you beat Clemson though. That was really like, that's been the monkey on Ohio state's back for so long. And I know, and I don't even know if 2016 really bothered these guys at all, how close they got in 2019 and just, not follow through, not finish it. Like it meant so much probably to Ryan day to call that game against Clemson for Justin Fields to, you know, outplay Trevor Lawrence. Like it just everything they wanted happened. Uh, Of course I'm sad, you know, Justin didn't get a Heisman. Justin didn't win the national title, but I've seen a lot of, a lot of good 
Ohio State quarterbacks, you know, a lot of good college quarterbacks not win national titles. It's just, yeah. it happens. You can't have the mindset that you can only win national titles. I know that's what you want to do, but I don't look at a lot of Ohio State seasons as failures. And I've only seen two national titles in my lifetime. So yeah. I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of good football. I think I, I think I've been down. I think last year's Clemson loss, even though there was some stuff that obviously on the field, the Buckeyes did get screwed. Um, the Buckeyes also left points out there. And I, at the end of the day, I think I felt worse. And, and the Buckeyes played good. It was a close game. And I think I think I felt worse for a couple of days after that game than I did against the Alabama game on the loss reason. Obviously, we were sick. So I, I felt like craft over the several days after the Alabama game. Right, for, yeah completely other reasons but uh you know the you know this year and it, it's just I, i'm just I'm, i you know i decided that you know i wasn't going to be a hypocrite you know i said i was just i wanted a season i wanted a chance to play for a national title they got their chance they lost it wasn't as a loss like i would have wanted to see them lose you know but it is what it is you know i got to see them play the season wasn't canceled and now you know you can regroup and because they were able to play a season, there's a lot less question marks. It seems like now even going into even outside the quarterback position where there's a lot of question marks, we actually have a lot of different things. They actually have a team coming back next year. And, you know, right. And, and mm-hmm. that was the, that was the easiest blowout I've ever taken. Like that was like, and I joked on Facebook. I was like, I guess these are easier to take when, you know, you've been drinking uh light beer instead of whiskey all night. But <laughs> like, I mean, it really was like, that was just, it, it sucks. You hate losing, but I don't know. Yeah. It, it really like, I was, I was over that game as soon as it ended. Yeah. Yeah. I had to sleep on it. And like I said, and I think the next couple of days I was more just <laughs> me feeling like crap because I was saying yeah. that, uh, Maybe that took some of the wind out of the sail too, because you know, but uh Right. Yeah, that you but, feel like you feel like you're on death's door. Yeah. That that could be. But um and uh I mean not making light of it. I mean, I know there's been a lot more people that uh been a lot more sick than uh we were over this last year because of everything going on. I mean, it was sure it was a it was a crappy head cold, but it was one of the worst I've had in a while. So, I mean, it, I felt every inch of that one. So, um, but back onto the game, it was just, it was a game. And, you know, like I said, I, I wish we would have played better, but at the end of the day, I, I'm glad I, all I said is I wanted them to play football this fall. I wanted the chance to, cause Ohio state, you want, I don't care about phony Rose bowls. And, you know, hey, even though the Rose Bowl was a phony Rose Bowl to begin with, they didn't even play it in California. But uh, <laughs> like I wasn't going to go play in Pasadena against a, the fake Pac-12 champion. Right. And, you know, he's like. To me, if uh, if, they, if that was the whole goal, it'd been like, just cancel the season and we'll play next year. Like, you know, I'm well, not that, watching. Let's be realistic. That's what they would have done. They weren't. Yeah. No one. No one was playing a spring season. It was never going to happen. Yeah, so I'm glad they ended up. I'm glad every conference ended up playing. I felt good for the Pac-12 kids that you know. I mean, these sometimes these administration administrators and when they're trying to do the right thing for their players and stuff like that. And I get it. It was a scary situation. A lot of people uh, didn't know everything that was going on with the situation. I think there was 
a lot of overreaching in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm not going to get into the political aspects of everything, but you know, that's just my opinion on it. But you know what? You know, sometimes, yeah, they have to make big decisions for the safety of everybody, but everything we've seen, you know, children and young people and young adults don't get affected as badly by this as others. And I, I just, canceling seasons just was never the right decision to me that at the end of the day, if you had to cancel a season, then fine, but you should have been trying to do every single thing before that point. And it was right. just like the big 10, they come up with this great strategy. I thought I was completely fine when they went to, I mean, I wanted to play Oregon, but when they went to conference only, I'm fine with that. Okay. Then that way. And I'm like, well, that's smart because you can get one conference protocol that everybody in the conference has to follow. And you know what? That's a smart decision. And then they came out with the schedule and they had all these off days in there. And I'm it's like, okay. I mean, to me, they know what they're doing up to that point, everything the big 10 did. I'm like, you know what? They are, they're making the right decisions here. And, and then it was just like five days later or whatever it is up seasons canceled. I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what was the point? Like, if you knew that this was a possibility, why did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I know like, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we got to see one last, it wasn't a full season, but we got to see one last season of Justin Fields. And I think yeah. it, uh, it absolutely in my mind, my heart, it cemented he has been the at least the most talented Ohio State quarterback ever. I would say the best on the field as well. Yeah, that's what I would say too. I mean, he's not going to have hardware like um, some of the other guys do, and he doesn't have any championships. Even though it's funny, the when you think about the best quarterbacks that have come in for Ohio State, none of them have national titles. It's always the nope. it's it's the Craig Krenzels of the world and uh, Cardale Jones and you know. And not, nothing against those guys because those guys are obviously phenomenal at the game of football in comparison to your average Joe. And, you know, I mean, they have every reason, the reason why they were at Ohio State. I mean, these were top-level kids. But, I mean, when you think about Terrell Pryor and Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields and Troy Smith won a Heisman and, like, Braxton I mean, Miller. Braxton Miller, I mean, I mean. He has a ring, but he's on, you know, he's hurt that whole year. Yeah, so, I mean, that's uh, those. It's just Justin Fields. So yeah, he he cemented a lot for me. I think, uh, and right now because of what Dwayne did on the field and what Justin's done on the field, I mean, this is the best stretch of quarterbacks we've ever recruited in the history of this program. So, I mean, when you look at the next four quarterbacks uh, that they're bringing in, I mean, these are all unbelievable kids. And yeah, we're gonna lose probably one of them good chance we'll lose two of them i mean it's just the way things go i mean i think the buckeyes kind of knew that when they brought two in the same class um yeah. and then you when you throw covid on top of it and that nobody now has this season basically didn't count for that so now you got three pretty much starting at the same level and you got just as good as a guy coming in the following year so i mean it'll be interesting how that works out but you can't be worried about it. And uh, that's Dwayne Haskins and Justin Fields. They've under Ryan Day's tutelage as first offensive coordinator and now head coach. You see now the type of level of quarterback they're going to probably get. And what do you think about what Heartline's doing with receiver? And Ohio State's still going to get the running backs that Ohio State gets. I mean, we're going to have unbelievable offenses for years to come. 
yeah, it's it's definitely you know a lot to look forward to. Yeah, so I I mean, like I said, it was a disappointing end to the season, but I'm glad we got it. Um, I'm glad we got a year. chance to play. I'm glad we got the chance to play for it. And I'm will definitely I'll still watch that Clemson game whenever, and I'll. <laughs> I might forget that we played Alabama the following week, but uh, I will remember that night that uh, oh, night yeah. we whooped Clemson's butt. So I'll watch that Clemson game plenty of times, a lot, enough times that it'll make up for the fact that I'm never going to watch that Alabama game again. <laughs> yeah. So um, over the next several weeks, we'll obviously we'll uh, we'll get a little bit into recruiting probably because we got uh, late signing days coming up. Um, Ohio State's still in for. Uh, one big kid, uh, possibly two, as we found out this weekend with, is it Ray John Davis? Is that how you pronounce the first name? Ray John, Ray John, Ray John. I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but yeah, you're on the right, but, we're on the right track. Um, but I mean, big time linebacker seemed like he, they had a really good visit him and his family to Columbus. So, uh, we might have more information for the next show about how maybe he'll make a decision. Maybe he won't. Um, we, he might be waiting until the third, um, Tulamalo, I believe that, I don't know if that's how exactly you pronounce the last name, but I mean, the best remaining defensive lineman on the board is um, one of the best in the country. And, uh, it seems like a heavy, heavy Buckeye lean, um, doesn't talk a lot as a kid. It's, you know, when you think about all the, these kids that they talk so much, uh, he's definitely one of the more quiet ones, but, uh, from everything, everybody, all the big time recruiting experts at Ohio state and every one of the three sites. And uh, when you think about a full four sites, I mean, they all have some legitimate, I mean, from Berm to Curlick to, um, um, the guys over at Buckeye scoop, even at um, Buckeye Grove. I mean, they all have some really good recruiting guys and it seems like everybody's pretty feeling pretty confident. He's coming to Columbus. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to go with that right now. So, you know, look, a couple of guys we're going to be looking forward to over the next couple of weeks, man, you get him and Jack Sawyer in the same class. Larry Johnson's never going to retire. <laughs> yeah. Which I hope but, he doesn't. Yeah. I hope find that man, the fountain of youth and let him stay <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So we'll call it a night on that one. And, uh, we will, uh, most likely we'll, we should have, a another show this weekend. We'll probably mm -hmm. be, uh, going to a show a week, um, at least on this format. And, uh, we're still looking into getting a couple other types of shows going, uh, We'll, we'll look more into that into the spring probably to see uh, where we're yeah. at with everything. Um, but good final of the season. Uh, hey, we ended up one loss. That loss was in the title. So you played for the national championships, two straight playoff appearance for Ryan Day. So, you know, that's awesome. He's recruiting on high level. So it seems like uh, – I have a feeling that we're going to go into a stretch here, just like Clemson and Alabama, where we're going to be in more playoffs than we're in not. So like, I'm looking forward to that. So me too. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right. Well, I guess we will be signing off then. So thank you everybody for stopping in. I'm John. And I'm Mike. Oh, H. I O.